the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the show. It's Thursday. That means it's the date day edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And this is a program dedicated to taking your phone calls, answering your Bible questions, questions about stuff going on in your life, whatever's on your heart. You need only to call 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. Numerically, that's 630-5757. You can email questions by emailing questions at calvarysa.com, or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And as always, if you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer and everything else is hands-free and you'll be safe. Paula, thanks for being here again today. It's been a fun date day, you know. It always is. Some are more fun than others. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's been a good one. (laughs) Everybody's a critic, huh? Well, I'm just trying to be honest, you know. (laughs) Not every one of them is the best, but this was one of those kind of Fun, funny ones, you know, when we go places, we, Lord, we want to be the light and be encouraging. And today, when we walked into our our breakfast place, we were like the hit of the place today. <laughs> Everybody, I mean, people were kissing me. I was like, what was that for? I didn't ask them, but, you know, you saw me look at you like, wonder what that was for. I like the one guy, Arturo, <laughs> who's a, one of the, one of the, bus, the uh, guys. Bus, bus guys there. And uh, he comes up to us and he says, meet my wife. She works here, too. And uh-huh. so they, she, he introduced us to his wife. Yeah. And, I mean, they were just such nice people. And then person after person could come by the table. Mm-hmm. So it was like, that's and, where and, we yeah. belong. She says, I see you here all the time. You're always smiling. Everybody likes you. I was like, well, that's so nice. And so she, you asked her, let me see your face because, you know, they all yeah. wear masks, not because they're sick, but they don't want to get sick, and they're just making everybody else comfortable. And so she took her mask out. She's so cute. Mm. Uh, she kind of reminded me of somebody, but I can't picture, it, picture who that is right yet. But, yeah, it was just kind of a fun fun time. I'm, I'm sure people look at us like, who are they? Do you see her face? When he said, 34 years, we uh-huh. 34 years. Uh-huh. And I said, us, 50. Uh-huh. And her face was like, really? Yeah, yeah. People give, I, I'm still like, 50 years married. 50. 50 years married. I mean, I can't just say it once. And then I'm like, almost 53 years that we've known each other. And you're still my boyfriend. I'm loving it. So. But I'm more fun sometimes than others, obviously. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Both ways. Come on now. Hey, I want to I wanna hijack the first part of your show okay. today. All right. uh, just because we were talking about something. 
last night, mm-hmm. and, and I just felt like the Spirit was saying that would be a really important topic for yeah. people to hear about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it was right after our Bible study, uh-huh. worst Bible study ever. And when I say worst, I don't mean I did terrible or anything. It was just a horrible chapter. Oh, my goodness. If I have to read that chapter one more time. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm going to move. Yeah, You're going to move next door. I told you yesterday, you probably have to read that to me again because I'm too old. I won't get back yeah, to 2 Kings again. Let's don't do that. But 2 Kings 17, and it was, you know, it, it's it's uh, sometimes those really horrible chapters uh, are are the most important to us because they're warning us about things that we're going through even now. And um, at the end of the message, I gave an invitation. I usually only give an invitation for for salvation on Wednesday night. But I really felt like God's dealing with some people. And, you know, God warned his people, Israel. This was about the death of a nation. Our nation, I said, was dying as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, The hand of God, his blessing has been removed from us. I believe that with all of my Mm -hmm. heart. And, um, you know, I, I was telling the people here at the church that, that it's time that we get real about stuff. Mm-hmm. We can't pretend. Mm-hmm. You know, they were doing things in secret, it said in, in verse 9. And, and there's nothing secret from God. We act like God is, is if we're closed in a room, we can't see us. Mm-hmm. And we do horrible things. And God simply wants us to, re, to repent. You know, he describes himself as compassionate, slow to anger, and abounding in love. Mm-hmm. And, and we forget that when we're trying to hide these secrets. And eventually, judgment always comes. The consequences always come. And I felt last night, Paula, like the Holy Spirit was giving me um, or asking me to give everybody a chance um, to avoid some serious consequences from from their their lives, mm-hmm. lifestyles. And, um, um, you know, you can see people uncomfortable. You can see them squirming. Um, it's not what they expected. However, mm-hmm. um, I know the Holy Spirit was speaking to them. And so on the way home, we were talking about uh, conviction and people resisting com- conviction. Mm-hmm. D- tell the audience what you said. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love conviction. And anybody who's been listening to this radio program knows that I say that because I want to be changed. And I know I- I'm, you know, I'm saved, but I'm still a sinner. And I know myself pretty well. Um, but last night when you were asking for their, you know, the altar call, not only for people to get saved, but for Christians who, is there anything that's separating you from the Lord, any kind of sin. And so uh, when I got in the because I was checking my heart, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I couldn't, I was trying to find something, you know, because <laughs> this is what I said. I've known you for a long time. I could see the wheels uh-huh. turning. It's got to be something. I mean, you know, but nothing blatant. Um, and so what I said to you was, I used to think if I wasn't convicted, I was just deceiving myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, as time is going on, and if you try to keep short accounts with the Lord, um, and, um, oh, let me think, is it Tr- Proverbs twenty eight thirteen says that those who confess their sins and renounce them, it's not just, okay, yes, I'm, I'm this. Yeah, stop sinning. Yeah, that's what you told <laughs> that lady yesterday. You know, she says, I don't know if I've... I really repented of my sins. And you said, have you stopped sinning? And so, yeah, um, I, I, I didn't come up with anything, but I'm like, and this is me, are you deceiving yourself? Right now? <laughs> <laughs> are you deceiving yourself right now? Because there's got to be just something, but there was nothing blatant. Yeah. You know, I know I'm still a sinner. Um, and we're not saying that. If we, if we check our hearts and our hearts are right with the Lord, that simply means that, We've we've cleared the accounts. Mm-hmm. Examine yourself daily, Paul says, to see whether or not you're in the faith. Mm-hmm. And and that, that's the, the the real advantage of keeping short accounts. Um, if you're before the Lord constantly, Lord, examine my heart. I want to be with you. I want to walk in your fullness. Um, it's a good thing to say I, I'm doing good. Let Jesus put His arm around you and say, mm-hmm. "Follow me." Mm-hmm. It's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And what I said to you after you said that, I said, Paula. Your history is that you have always been beating yourself up, and the the enemy still pushes that button. Oh yeah, in in your life. Mm-hmm. And 
uh, at that moment, I thought, you know, Paula, I really think that this would be a good topic for you to share because there's so many people that beat themselves up. They're so hard on themselves. Now, we know there's people that, that don't take it seriously at all. And it's kind of like, okay, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. But, but, but in your case, um, you, you, would, you would turn your heart inside out trying to find something. That's what I was doing yeah. last night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, you know there's something. What? But what is it? You've come so far, and I told you last night, I'm so proud of you because this mm. is a fight. Uh, again, I know this is a button the devil always pushes. And I thought, why don't you share with the audience uh, a bit of that struggle? How, how did you get to the place where, or from the place where you're always convinced that you're deceiving yourself and there's got to be something in there to the place where you could really enjoy the freedom? Okay, so that was a long trip because I, yesterday was the first time I ever said that, right? (laughs) 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 Um, But yeah, keeping keeping short accounts, you know, because I've even shared this. Pastor Elaine would call me to say when it even wasn't even my turn to be on the worship team, and I would have been having prior to his call like three days of just horrible. Um, conviction, not not necessarily conviction, but sometimes condemnation. And I wasn't, um, what am I saying, uh, uh, able to discern was it conviction or was it condemnation? Because sometimes the thoughts that come, and they come so fast, and you know, you're know you working really hard trying to take every thought captive, make it obedient to Christ. That's not what I would think. That's not what I would say. And or those times when I would think something and I would say something wrong, I would kind of stew on it instead of, it's like, oh, man, I did the same thing again and just be feeling so bad about myself instead of saying, Jesus died for that, and then taking it to him more quickly. Um, So I don't know. I mean, that's been, uh, and I'm sure... I might have this struggle tonight after now we're talking about <laughs> we're talking about this. Yeah, you can rehearse again tonight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And um yeah, but to to remember that it's the enemy who keeps pushing those same play and I'm trying to push the button stop, but he pushes the button rewind and play again and so it's that never ending battle. Okay, so what did you find? What's the difference between how do you learn it's not conviction but condemnation? Uh, because condemnation makes me just, oh, I'm so bad. I'm such a wretch. I'm, you know, my heart is deceitfully wicked. All those things that come up and the Lord will say, no, I've already cleansed you. You're you're clean. Yeah, your feet get dirty because you walk in this world, but you're mine. You're clean, and greater is he that lives in you. You know, the, some of those scriptures that come to say, no, 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 Paula, remember, how beautiful you are, my darling. There is no flaw in you. And so those thoughts that come, and I'm still in my, I still have flesh that I'm dealing with, but I'm dealing with it. Yeah, you're you're changing, Paula. The 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 passage that you, the, the verse you just quoted, "I'll breathe for you, are my darling. There's no flaw in you." Uh, of course, comes from the Song of Songs. Oh yeah, four and, seven. <laughs> <laughs> well, it says it more than just that one. Yes, time. it does. But that's my but, first one. But, but that's Jesus speaking to us. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of people, uh, and and uh, and women more so than men. Um, who just think, oh, no, I'm not all beautiful. I'm not perfect. There's just, I, I know the thoughts I have. Uh, how do you actively deal with that, knowing what Jesus has done for you? What's the, the, the flip that you switch? Pretty much, I'll, I'll kind of start, um, because the, word, the Lord says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you shall ask whatever you will and it shall be given. It's like, Lord... I know I'm down right now, and I'm feeling bad about myself. I know that's condemnation. Um, and, you know, I have the gift of encouragement. And so the same thing I would say to other people, sometimes I'm the slowest to say to myself. And and so the Lord's like, you know, you need to just wash your face, like I would tell somebody else, and listen to me. So I get into his word um, and just reiterate what he's been telling me. I hope that's the answer yeah. to the question you're asking me. Um, but yeah, just spending time with Jesus. I'll go out and, you know, feel bad. I th- let me see, I'm trying to think of this song we used to sing. 
um, these are the hearts we worship with. You know that song? Um, and, and, and we come before you, Lord, and, and claim that you've already forgiven me. You've already washed me of these sins. Why am I wasting time feeling bad about that when you died for me? I don't want to take your grace for granted. I don't want to just, oh, yeah, the blood of Christ forgives me, and I can just go on. I don't want to be flippant about it in the least. But I just come to the Lord and say, you know, I'm confessing that if I did something wrong, I'm confessing that if I only thought something wrong but didn't act on it, it's like, why do I feel bad about that? And so I, I hope that's the answer. Here. Yeah, you know, one of the things I think that we've got to learn as Christians is to enjoy the freedom that he's bought for us. And and when he says, all beautiful you are, my darling, you're perfect. He, what he sings, you're perfect for me. There's no flaw in you. And again, we, we think that's being arrogant. Oh, no, I, I know this wrong and I know this. But but um, that is is to, to walk absent faith that says we're, that we're cleansed from all unrighteousness. And, and you know, the, the devil wants us condemned because condemned people, um, we're walking to a gallows. Mm-hmm. And, and, and people that are convicted and set free and cleansed from all unrighteousness, then they're able to walk with Jesus into the very perfect will that he has established for us. And, and you know, I, I think God really wants us to have the faith to enjoy that. Um, you know, you used to say all the time to people, uh, whether you're counseling or teaching or something else, uh, you you talk about, we, we, you know, we need to do this, we need to... Now, I haven't got it all figured out yet. I uh, know. And and I remember saying to you, Paula, why do you keep saying that? Everybody knows you haven't got it figured out yet. Nobody's got it figured out yet. Mm-hmm. But Jesus has cleansed you from all unrighteousness. How about we just enjoy that for a time? And you've grown so much and you've come so far in that. And one of the reasons that, like in the restaurant today, people could say, you know, people here just love you. You know, you're you're always so full of joy and things like that. It's because you've learned to enjoy that. And instead of beating yourself up, um, you've learned that, that at least in God's perspective, you're perfect. And and I, yeah, and I don't want to be arrogant in that, but I do want to walk proudly. In fact, I'm going to share a little bit with you because you don't normally know this until you come till first service. Well, until we get here to church um, early Sunday morning and you hear us rehearsing. And so this Sunday we're singing the the, the songs this you know stand, um, and harmonies on that. I always get the second verse. Well, I get the first and the second verse now, but the second verse. Starts out, you stood before my failures and carried the cross for my shame, you know. And when I would, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give you all the, all the lyrics because you know I'm just giving you a little taste right now. Um, would you like to sing? It? No, no, okay. thank you. Uh, but I used to sing that. I know the Hindle sing. Yes, Paula, sing it. Um, I used to sing that whether my face was up or not, but in my heart, my head was down with shame when I would sing that song like I can't believe you did that for me and I'm still kind of beating myself up and um, I don't know when it happened but just this transformation kind of thing of the Lord when I sing it now it's it's like a victory you stood before my failures and carried the cross for my shame and so I don't have it's not one of those teary-eyed things in a sad way I could be teary-eyed in a grateful, a gratitude. Way. I always cry when you guys sing that song. I love that song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know when that flip happened either, but it's been coming for a while. And you know, sometimes I don't really recognize something's happened until it's happened, and it's like, oh, I'm I'm different. But it's it's the Lord who's at work in, yeah. in us to will and to act for His good pleasure, and again. How beautiful I am, darling. You know, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> the, 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 Jesus has no expectation that we'll be perfect, and yet we beat ourselves up when we're not. I'm telling you, I was looking for something. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be something in there you're doing wrong, you know. But but that's the freedom of, of really believing the promises in the Bible. Yeah. And, and it's just time for people to enjoy the work he's done yeah. instead of focusing on the work that you haven't done 
or or the shortcomings or failures mm-hmm. and and simply say, you know, Lord, I hate what I did. I'm so sorry. I don't want to do it again. Please forgive me. And then Jesus says, let's go. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the condemnation is designed by the enemy to keep us in that place where we don't move forward. Yeah. And Jesus saying, hey, follow me. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. I'm calling you. Yeah. Follow me. Yeah. We got work to do. Yeah. He says, I carried the cross for your shame. So, you know, let's go. I, I so why are that. you ashamed again? Yeah, why are you ashamed <laughs> again? Exactly. So, you know, yesterday, um, you know, of course, I listened to the show. And so yesterday, J.R.'s question really did help me in this as well, because he says, I'm constantly talking to Jesus, but at times he doesn't get the sense of a definite answer. You know, that still, small, gentle voice. And uh, it sounds like our own voice. And so I had been, I kind of struggled with that same thing, you know, I feel like the Lord's telling me to do a certain thing, and then because it's something I might be comfortable with or like, then I would say, is that just me? <laughs> you know? Is that just me? Um, but listening to the Lord's voice, you were saying, God wants us to walk by faith. And so there's another thing. I, I used to question, okay, okay, I, I think this is you, with doubt and hesitation, um, instead of, my heart is right. You're a good God. If this isn't what you want from me, you will stop me. But I think it's you. I'm going headlong. Here we go. <laughs> you know? And then that really is what walking with faith is all about. We were talking this morning at breakfast that that um, when, when we're new Christians, we have a tendency to think, well, I don't know what God is saying. I don't know if it's God. I don't know if it's me. I don't know if it's the devil. And and we always have those questions um, and um, um, we 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 think, and I remember I thought this. I thought, I, in fact, I used to tell you, Paul, I can't wait till there's a time. And I don't know why I thought this, but I thought, you know, probably in the next three years or so, uh, uh-huh. then I'll hear God's voice clearly, uh-huh. and I won't be have any any doubt, and I'll just walk forward, and I'll, I'll be obedient because I'll know exactly what He wants us to say. And and just the opposite is true. Yeah. He speaks more clearly to us when we're new Christians when we're babies, when he's trying to woo us mm-hmm. uh, to, to, to follow him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he speaks more clearly because because we don't have the discernment. We certainly haven't built up the faith that, that's necessary. So he's very, very clear. Yeah. The actual process, the, the more mature we are, the more of the word that we know, the closer to him that we are, and the better we know him, uh, the less clear he gets. Because he expects us then to walk by faith. He doesn't expect us to walk by certainty. Well, I know God wrote it on the tablets. Mm -hmm. Um, He just wants us to say, you know what, Lord, this is what I think you're telling me to do. And I love you and I know you love me and you're faithful even when I'm not. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it. And Lord, if this isn't you, I know you'll stop me. And... That kind of faith, I think, pleases him most of all Abraham when he was offering Isaac, yeah. you know, that three-day journey. Uh, oh, I can't even imagine the conversations mm-hmm. Abraham mm-hmm. had with God. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine. Why would you ask this? This is the child of promise. This is the child I waited 25 years for. And, and now as he is growing, uh, now a young man, mm-hmm. um, um, you you telling me to, to sacrifice him? And he had to get to that place where after that three-day journey, he just came to the conclusion, Lord, you made me a bunch of promises with Isaac, and um, if if I kill him, then you're going to have to raise him from the dead. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what struggling with these things really is. Yeah. And when we walk by faith into the unknown, simply because we trust the one who is sending us, uh, oh, Paul, how pleased he is with us. And there's just this sense of joy and freedom. Now, we never stop being afraid. Yeah. I but, wish we could. Oh, no. You know, I told the Lord that this morning when I was out walking. I was like, I'm just afraid of so much, you know. And he says, yeah, I know. But you can trust me. Yeah. Yeah. Have confidence in me is actually what he said. Have confidence in me. Be still and watch what I do. Yeah. I have that written down at home. Because, <laughs> you know, I need to remember these things when they come about. Because because you're going to have the same doubts tomorrow. Probably later today. Yeah. yeah. But but the idea is, is he's smiling at us. It's, it's like Jesus says, he trusts me or she trusts me. Yeah. 
she really believes she's doing something that makes no sense. And of course, our our history here at, at Calvary Chapel is doing a, I almost said a bunch of things, doing everything. Literally, it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. We're doing everything the opposite of the way the world says to do it. We're doing everything opposite the way um, seasoned pastors say, well, this is what works for us. Uh, we're simply saying, Lord, you're in charge. You lead. We'll follow. And we'll do these things. And, you know, the pressure then isn't on us to perform. The pressure's on God. And, of course, there's no pressure for him because he can do all things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we just need to remember that um, and really work hard at, at saying, okay, Lord, this I, I'm scared, but let's go on this adventure together. Yeah. And that's when we begin to see these <laughs> doors open that you, you you wonder, how did we get here? How did we get to 23 years of a free school? Mm-hmm. How do we get to, to now, what, nine years or 10 years of a, of a free doctor's office? It'll be 10 years, 10 February 4th. In February. Uh, how did we get to uh, to to Manning House? How do we get to where we we for all these years never asked for money or never let our needs be known? Um, we got here because Jesus just said, Psst, "Follow me, mm-hmm. follow me," and the reality of all of that is you end up in places that you never even would have thought of going, and boy, the smile of Jesus is right there with you. Yeah. Okay, I'm done hijacking your show. There no, you is did great. the music. We are at the end of the first half of our program, 340-9585 or toll-free, 877-630-KSLR. Let me say to my dear brother Bruce, happy birthday. We'll be back in two minutes. Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the Date Day edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, sitting across the desk in our studio from the most beautiful girl in Texas. She's actually the most beautiful girl wherever I take her. But today... It's in Texas. Okay, I'm just going to take a nap now. I took the whole first half hour of the show. So what's on your heart? <laughs> We're going to do a little marriage conference here now, Pastor Ron. Uh-oh. Because mm-hmm. yesterday, and I really appreciate it. I can't nap? No, you're not napping okay. right now. You can nap later. <laughs> I'm going to fix you something to eat, and then I'm going to come to worship practice, and you can nap while I'm gone. But anyway, um, you had an anonymous write-in, I guess it was not a caller, um, you know, kind of admiring how you look at me when I'm on stage. And, I mean, I was, you know, I'm always smitten because I cannot look at you hardly ever when I'm on stage because you look at me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just so happy. I just, I get to be married to you and I get to see you using your gifts to serve the Lord. And you're so cute and... So joyful. Go ahead. What else? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just have it's it's fun because you are doing what God has called you to do, and I'm doing what God's called me to do. That makes you know life fun. God gives the Holy Spirit I'd, to those who obey I'd and somebody enjoy come up the to Lord. After after one of the services, and and said, Pastor Ron. I never knew Paula could sing so beautifully. She has such a great voice. Uh-huh. And I thought, how could you not know this? She's here. She sings a lot. Yeah. Maybe it was her first time. So you never know. Maybe, I, you know, maybe the other times I was singing, it wasn't all that. So anyway, the Holy Spirit took over this past. And I'm, I'm telling you, I'm different, Pastor Ron. <laughs> I'm different. I think that freedom and not condemnation, but... You know, conviction, and then I didn't. I wasn't convicted a whole lot this week. It's been a pretty good week for me so far, <laughs> but I better not be boasting too much. It's just the Lord doing His work. But anyway, and so the 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 writer in said that my wife can't give me what I want. I didn't really understand that. Um, but is it a can't or a won't? You know, there is a huge difference. She can't. Because maybe 
uh, no matter what, we can give what the Lord has told us to give, and that is respect, respect and honor. And, you know, I was, I loved your answer that, you know, what's your motive? Why are you serving? Are you serving just to get something back? Yeah, see, I couldn't talk to her. Yeah. I, I don't know where she's come from, nor to, but, mm-hmm. but, 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 but the man who wrote the, the, the question, mm-hmm. um, I want to be able to, to say to him, um, your, your responsibility is to the Lord. So you keep doing what he's asked you to do, regardless of whether or not you get a response. Yeah. The, the, the Lord is going to be the one who chases the wife, mm-hmm. but you do what he's asked you to do. And, and in, whether it's the husband or the wife in this situation, this is a simple matter of obedience. Yeah. Uh, we're to serve one another. We're to, to love one another, to yeah. respect. Um, and and to, for somebody to say, I can't, or my wife says she can't be who I need her to be. Mm-hmm. Um, God can make her that. God will make her that. You just keep doing it. Yeah. And you know my first, my favorite verse in the New Testament from a practical perspective. Okay. It's First Corinthians four two. <laughs> it's required that every man given a trust must prove faithful. Mm-hmm. In other words, we're tested. These are tests yeah. that God sends to us. Yeah. And and one of the things those tests do reveals the motive of our hearts. Uh-huh. And if I'm being a godly husband to you because I want something from you, then I'm not rightly representing the Lord at all. Mm-hmm. If I'm doing something and I'm getting frustrated because you're not responding, um, uh, Lord, why isn't she changing? Um, that that's, that reveals the motive of my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, many pastors, when they have problems in their congregation, church splits and things like that, I'll say, well, if they don't, after all the praying I do and the studying I do, I love them, and and they should know I love them by now. If that's the way they're gonna gonna treat me, then I'm gonna leave. Um, well, the re- motive of their heart has just been revealed, and God tells us never grow weary in well doing. So we keep doing obediently what He asks us to do, and the results are up to Him, mm-hmm. and we can't get impatient. Um, Patience is one of the fruits of the spirit. I know. And uh, this, well, I told you uh, this morning. Uh, I wish I would have said. Um, uh, now, now, you you mentioned that, that this is evidently somebody who comes to church here because they see me looking at you. Yeah, they've got to be some people in the first mm-hmm. few rows for yeah. them to be able to see your face yeah. looking at me. So, well, then what they need to do is um, together get in counseling. Let's let's talk about what's going on. Give find a solution, a path out, and if uh, the wife won't do it, then the husband needs to needs to sit down with one of the pastors here, and um, and get some direction, some instruction. Uh, and then I also would have told this woman uh, if I had the opportunity, I would have said, you know what? Um, why don't you talk to Paula? Why don't you go to? Pastor Ken's wife may. Why don't you go to somebody and 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 see how you can be obedient to the Lord and be the woman that your husband needs you to be. Yeah. And you know there are always answers, and it again I'm repeating now, but it always boils down to obedience. Do I love the Lord? He said, if you love Him, you'll obey me. Mm-hmm. Um, do I love Him? Will I obey Him? And if not, then what's the problem? And the problem, of course, is sin. Yeah. You know, um, I used to feel kind of guilty, and again, feelings, because this was back in the early days. <clears throat> and I was saying, I don't I don't feel like being kind to him. I don't feel like making love to him. Um, and the Lord says, it's not about your feelings. It's about the obedience. Um, in what's 1 Corinthians 16, 6.19, where it says, you're, you're not your own, you bought at a price. And... Um, I didn't feel like I wanted to love you because you weren't being very nice. And so um, I figured that one thing, my body, you know, I could withhold from you. And I remember the Lord saying, no, all of you belongs to me. And um, I'm calling you to be respectful, um, be available, um, and I was like, oh, man, that doesn't seem fair. You know, he's been a jerk. He didn't deserve me to be nice to him, you know, kind of a thing. And the Lord said, yeah, 
but I, I hung on the cross for you. Oh my gosh, you know, and, that, and then you, he, he makes such a big picture of my sin and me standing there holding the mallet and my other hand holding the nail. And I'm the one pounding the nail so that, you know, he's dying so that I could live. It's, it's one of those like, yeah, I, I surrender. I give up. I mean, how can I argue? And I don't even want to argue with that. You did all that for me. This is like the least I could do for you. Yeah, and keep in mind, one of the things the Lord has to teach us, and this is, I think, important for every marriage. I'm doing another pre-marriage counseling session tomorrow with two kids that, that <laughs> have known me their whole lives. Yeah, they call us grandma, grandpa. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I'm doing the pre-marriage counseling, and I'll be doing the wedding. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm, you know, you're just sometimes so thrilled when, when two kids actually get together and say, oh, Lord, this is so much better than some of the other things that yeah. I've had to deal with. And... Um, um, one of the things that every couple has to learn is that the lesson, the, the first lesson that we often learn is that, that we have no control. And in the case that you just spoke about, your body was the one thing you could control. Thought I could. You thought you could. Yep. And God says, well, I, I need to teach you who's really in control here. Yeah. Yeah. You called me, Lord. You said <laughs> yes. You said you were a servant. Yeah. And and I'm asking you, will you let me use your body to love Ron into heaven? Mm-hmm. And And nobody would have wanted to have anything to do with me at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but God had a plan mm-hmm. and you were his servant. I was not. And so he chose to use you. Yeah. And one of the things that we've got to learn is being the person that our spouse needs. That's why we're called helpmates. Being the person that our spouse needs uh, is our responsibility. It's one of our jobs. And fortunately, Jesus didn't fire us when we don't do our job, but but it, it it's not like we have a choice, and it always boils down to, why is it that we think we have a choice? I can't be the man. I can't be the woman that my spouse needs. Why do we think we have a choice? Mm-hmm. Jesus says, well, this is what I've called you to do. Yeah. yeah. I was reading um, Titus 2, and so, again, marriage conference, Sometimes people don't come to us, so we get this opportunity. We're going to bring this to them. And so um, chapter 2, verse 1 says, You must teach what is in accord with sound doctrine. Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in endurance. If our husbands would be like that, it makes life easier. But the Lord doesn't let us off the hook. You know, I mean, this man was saying he does the house cleaning and many other things that she doesn't like doing. And so he's he's doing sounds like he's doing his part in those kind of physical things. But is he temperate? Is he worthy of respect? And I liked how you said, check your motives. And you know, we have to. what's your part? What's your role in this? It, it's always both people. Um, and so are you? A man who's temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled. Do you go off the handle because you're not getting things done your way? No! You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Sound in faith, in love, and in endurance. And then it goes on. This is my part because I, you know, at the marriage conferences, I get the women. And so, likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then... They can train the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home. And I always say, busy at your home. Mm-hmm. Um, to be kind and to be subject to their husbands. Here's the purpose. Because that question or that statement yesterday was so offensive to the Lord that he was saying, you're going to have to talk about this. Here's the purpose so that no one will malign the word of God. You know, Christians already have, we already have a bad rep and it's getting worse. But if Christians aren't behaving like we're supposed to, um, we just, it's a dark spot. We're a dark spot. I remember when the Lord was telling me, your body's not your own. I was actually arguing with the Lord. And this is what I said. Well, my heart's not in it. You know what he said to me? Don't need your heart right now. 
<laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know? He's practical. He's very practical. Mm-hmm. I just need your obedience. I'll catch your heart up later. But if you don't obey now, things are going to get worse, never better. And if Ron never gets saved, it won't be your fault. But you belong to me, and I'm asking you to do this. And so as a Christian, and they said they're reading the Bible together, but are they reading Titus 2? Are they well, reading Ephesians? It could, it could be anywhere you are. Are they, are they reading it and doing it? Yeah. Yeah. And so um, as the whole point of this was so that, the, so that no one will malign the word of God. And those no ones or those ones are spouse, are kids, are parents, our next-door neighbors, our friends, whoever, so that no one will malign the Word of God. And so God says, I gave everything to give you everything. He's expecting a return. He's expecting a return. And um, for us, obedience is the key. I have said over the years, this is not fair. When the Lord asked me to wash your feet that time, <laughs> oh, my goodness, you had been the biggest jerk. And I was hurting so bad. You know, those were those days when I would run into the bathroom and <sighs> cry, wash my face, or take a shower because you can't see the tears, you know, and you can't hear that I'm, and I never was a boo-hoo cry, but I was one of those like, I can't believe you. It's just not fair. And the Lord's like, I know. But it wasn't fair. Remember remember me on the cross? It wasn't fair then either. But all right, you know, kind of a thing. Wash my face going out there. Get the bucket of water, you know, little lavender oil kind of thing. And got the towel and stuff. And, you're, and this is what you said. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I was such a jerk. Right? Yes, you were. <laughs> but the Lord is good. You want to think about that? No, 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 I don't need yeah. to think about it. But the test, you know, God gives us a test that teaches a lesson. And he... In John 13, he washed the feet of his disciples, starting with Judas. I loved you. You just were being a jerk. You were no Judas, really. But I said, I'm washing your feet. <laughs> and I was, it was one of those things like, please don't give me any more lip. <laughs> I'm not really into this at all, you know. But I'm trying to be obedient here. Can you just help me out a little bit? Give me your feet. Please. (laughs) 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 But over time, you know, when the Lord would ask me to do other things, I would just be like, okay, all right. Because what I I teach when when I'm teaching the ladies, you know, we've worked hard all day. We've got kids. We've got to clean the house. We get to cook the meal, you know, make sure your clothes are clean and all those things. And, you know, you come home late and, I've had the kids like, okay, dad's coming home. Let's clean up, you know, let's be quiet for them and let's have a nice dinner and stuff like that. And then, you know, you just turn the TV up and be a big jerk and you don't care about us or anything like that. And then it's time to go to bed and then you want to be amorous. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, Lord, oh, (laughs) I'm I'm tired, you know. But let the phone ring and somebody, I I always use this as a for instance, Girl, somebody gave us $20,000. You get 10, I get 10, but we got to spend it. We got to go right now. I'm not tired anymore. (laughs) Let's go, you know, kind of a thing. Um, But the Lord said, no, no, no. Again, you don't belong to yourself. You can have an attitude, yeah, you know, but you Paulie, need to straighten you, your face. And- you you highlight a, a point that I think is important <laughs> for us to understand. I think Christians need to be honest with this about the Lord. We need to be honest about everything with the Lord, but but in terms of a marriage here, um, there is more resentment between spouses uh, of Christians um, than we dare believe. Yeah. And to resent your husband, to resent your wife, is to resent the gift that God has given you. Yeah. And to resent the gift that he's given you of your salvation. And we not, we need to be honest about that. Lord, I'm I I just resent him so much right now. And 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 let and but you gotta confess that is sin. Yeah. And then and then let the Lord deal with that. Yeah. Um because otherwise the resentment just grows and grows and then the the the, the enemy is there when Billy always says old slew foot is there. Uh-huh. 
and um, um, and and he just keeps pushing that button and pouring it on and pouring it on, and pretty soon resentment actually turns into hatred. Yeah. And you know, this is the one person in your life that Jesus says you have no choice. You got to love this person. It's a continual, yeah, but it's a continual forgiving because the only reason there's resentment is because something happened or some things happened in the past that you kind of, the enemy knows them and he pushes those buttons. That's why I'm saying it's a continual fight and it's a continual fight to remember, no, 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 I've already forgiven that. I've already forgiven that. And and if, like for me, if I act out um, in any way or even give you an indication that I'm, acting like I used to be, um, you've got to say, oh, no, that's not who she really is. For me, Second Corinthians 5.17, that's not who he really is. The old has gone, the new has come. We still have flesh. Yeah, but, love, love believes the best. Yeah, but uh, the but forgiveness the time, thing. At the same time, when, when and I'll just use the example you're using, you don't, you don't ever do this because you're perfect. Oh, yeah, what, what okay. is it? Let me see. But, but if, if I see you're in your flesh... Mm-hmm. I've got to call you on it. Yeah, I've got to say, Paula, what's the matter? Mm-hmm. You're you're not acting like you. Mm-hmm. What's the matter? What's bothering you? How can I help? But this can't continue. And uh, husbands and wives are afraid of doing that with each other. Mm-hmm. And and that's one of the real values of being in the Word together and praying together. Um, you hear somebody's heart when you're praying with them. Mm-hmm. And it's easy then to say, well, she didn't mean it or he didn't mean it. Uh, and yet we can't let it go. Um, you know, I can't let you operate in the flesh. God surrounds you with people. He, he gives you so many ministry opportunities. Um, i got to say, Paul, let, let's, let's talk about this today. Um, I've watched this or noticed this. And it's it's just... It's how we check ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you've called me on things. I've called you on things. And that doesn't lead to a fight. It doesn't lead to um, um, more animus. Um, it leads to a solution. And I think too often in Christian homes, we never solve anything. We just sort of let it go and hope it goes away. And a couple of days pass, and okay, now everything's fine again. But but we can't do that because we're missing ministry opportunities. We're missing the the opportunities to use the gifts that God has given us um, to be that light for Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And you say this quite often: um, nothing from the past needs to um, influence today and our future. And that's something I. Talking about that freedom thing, I have to remember that quite often as well. Not just with you, but with, you know, other people, because I still see them at the H-E-B. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I see them around town or at other people's weddings and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, man, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I, like, not too long ago, I missed an opportunity, and you saw that, and you called me on that as well. And I really appreciate it, but that's also the growing process of um, the conviction, not condemnation, but conviction. And, yeah, and, and see, you, you trust that I'm trying to help you. Yeah. It's not, it, this isn't... Criticism. Um, yeah, Before uh, yeah. I would take it as criticism. Yeah, yeah. it's so, not, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's me trying to help you yeah. um, stay so close to the Lord mm-hmm. that he can use you to do things. And uh, that's a husband's responsibility in the home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's just w- one of those things that we've got to to, to focus on. It's, it can't be about how we feel. It can't be about being angry. Uh, in our anger, do not sin, Paul mm-hmm. writes. So mm-hmm. we've got to be men and women who, who put serving God as our priority. Paula, we just turned to three minutes left in the program. This is uh, half the program's gone so fast. Um, won't you just share your heart for three minutes, whatever you want to talk about? Because I was still in the marriage conference kind of mode, you know. Well, that's what you want to talk about. Talk about it. Here we are um, trying to help people. Um, But I think what you said is, you know, um, we can take resentment and and hold on to it instead of really dealing with it. And so um, I'm just praying that people would be encouraged to really sit down and say, 
look, babe, I see this, or you you said this, or you did this. Um, can we really talk about it without heated discussion? You said something to me this morning at, at breakfast, um, just real cute. Um, you said something, oh, I can't even remember what it was, but you said you thought I would react in a different way when I was just, I was, oh, oh. But anyway, I, was, I wasn't con- wasn't a condemning kind of a thing. It was like, yeah, Jesus is better. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Wait, what was it I said? You said? No, yeah, you, you said, uh, because I trust you. Oh, yeah. and, and I said, no, I, I, I trust Jesus more. Uh-huh. And you said, well, duh, kind of thing. Yeah. But, um, you know, Paula, when, when a, a wife, and we're going back to the, the question that we got on the show day before yesterday or yesterday, mm-hmm. I don't know what yesterday. it was. But um, um, if, if you would say to me, I can't be who you need me to be, uh-huh. I would say to you, Paula, that's a sin. Yeah. So let's get where we both need to be mm-hmm. in order to deal with this because you're missing out on opportunities that the Lord has waiting for you. And yeah. nobody wants to miss out on anything. I don't want to miss out. And you know what? I love you so much, and I know you love me so much, and we love God. And his people, and you know, a lot of people are 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 watching us because God has put us on a kind of a a, a pedestal, so to speak. Uh, and I'm he's just giving us a platform. Yeah, platform. Yeah, and I'm really glad about that because you always say, "Just be with Jesus," and just being with Jesus makes everything better. He loves you so much. And he loves me so much, and he's called us to love him, each other, and the calling. Well, he calls on our you life. precious, but I think I'm his favorite. I think you probably are. <laughs> hey, thanks for tuning in today. You've been listening to the Date Day edition of the Word to Stand Up for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at four o'clock on AM six thirty. The Word. God bless. Bye bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.